Hey, Phil, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, I mean, it just feels like nothing I do matters. Everything is uh, an uphill battle in this life. And I just, you know, I, I really don't know how I'm going to turn turn this all around. Um, Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. That kind of shit can be hard. You know, I, I know some people find a lot of meaning in going out and doing, you know, like praxis or, you know, helping people around uh, the city or in your community. Have you thought about maybe doing that? You know, that's a really good idea. I have kind of a I have a kind of a similar idea for how I'm gonna fix this problem. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. So uh in all seriousness, now that the uh intro is wrapped up, how are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing pretty good, you know, uh, blizzard ongoing, uh, things are pretty nice, I wasn't expecting this much snow, my heater uh, did die this morning, but otherwise, things are okay. <laughs> well, I mean, freezing to death in a bedroom is a, a, a treasured pastime of poor folks. <laughs> Welcome to, uh, yeah, being not very wealthy Welcome in to being a the Northeast, yeah, <laughs> hello, uh, Brol. Yeah. No, I got blankets. I'll be fine. There's I got a space heater and blankets. Uh I will live the one or two days that it will take. God, I landlord to bother to, to bother anything. to answer the email that I'm I sent to him. So, we'll find out if they even fucking It sucks that it, this is like behind the curtain we're recording on a weekend the this part um and like I like I could look up how to open this piece of shit unit. But if you did that, you'd void warranties right. and I'd be completely Contracts. fucked over by yeah the the people who own the building that I live in so I don't want to do that. If I owned this place or if I had I don't know if there was any reliable maintenance then maybe I could do things better but whatever. No, I mean yeah. it's just like if you fix your own iPhone Apple reserves the right to shut down your phone service. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. So you know, how heaven forbid we be able – heaven forbid we not have pointless, arbitrary, extra make work yeah. just to make sure that this this uh, wheels of capital can keep consuming everything. Keep that, funneling that, 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 that metaphor, money to me. That metaphor kind of got scrambled. Mm. It's fine. Oh, well. <laughs> how are you doing then? Uh, outside of the intro, I mean, honestly, not bad. It's been pretty mellow lately, you know. Uh, I'm – Still pretty stoked about how the Zords on an Oglob special came out, so that's got me right a little higher. Yeah, that does feel pretty good. Yeah, it's, it feels like something like work that I'm proud to have aided in putting out. I mean, you wrote it. You did about half the work, so. Yeah, I don't know. I think your editing work was more time than the time I put in writing it. <laughs> eh, maybe. I don't know. You, you, I, I mean, I will say this. Usually the split on this show is like 80-20. For the Zorzon and Oglob thing, it was like 60-40. So I'm closer to helping more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all the same. Uh, my landlord has COVID. So for the, for the even though he's normally very diligent, for the first time I've been dealing with some stuff that I can't get fixed right away. Yeah. But it's not nothing major. Our shower is leaking a little bit into the basement. But, you know, no big deal. Oh, hmm. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, do you have like buckets or some shit down there? <laughs> Uh, I mean, fortunately, it's like right over where the washer is, but the good or clothes washer. But the good news is, I can just uh, since it's dripping down there, I just make sure I bring a paper towel down with me each time I go, and then I just run the spin cycle so it, it drains it out and cleans it up, you know. And then huh. I'm good to go after that. We just don't shower while we're doing laundry. All right, well, that's easy enough, I guess. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing; could be a lot worse. But yeah, uh, it's all. I mean, and it's not like any of it really matters because, as the theme <laughs> of this episode would dictate, nothing really matters unless. Uh, 
Unless you it think does. things do matter, Maybe. which they do, because who knows? <laughs> but the subject of this episode is nihilism. Nihilism. The question being good or not good. Great idea or greatest idea. Um, but no, uh, it, but yeah, I, uh, to jump into it, I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. And we are the Unsociablists. And yeah, as you all listeners probably know by now, I don't think any of this matters. I do think that the universe being as big as it is, it means that some species out there has gotten things more right than we have. Thus, the premise for Zorzan and Hoglob at its core. Um and I also think that even they don't matter because the universe will eventually reduce back to a, a singular molecule and then it will all be nothing. And then maybe we'll repeat the process ad infinitum. Who knows? Yeah, my uh, – I think my interpretation of things is a bit different. It's still coming, I think, from kind of a almost nihilistic uh, – perspective not one that's I, I i would not call myself a nihilist i would say that in a lot of ways i am more uh not like an adherent of any of these kinds of philosophies but like Camus. how am i forgetting his first name i don't know who you're talking about i'm sorry one second i'm gonna grab my my book real quick <clears throat> see i fucking knew it i knew it in my head i was like it's Albert. It's Albert. Albert Camus. Um, he's a uh, French philosopher, fiction writer, very good. Uh, honestly, great short stories. A little weird about he, – he's like a French Algerian, like a white colonial Algerian. So mixed uh, mixed reviews on his pro or anti-Algerian independence stances, but his philosophy – kind of stemming out of his study of like Nietzsche and then Kierkegaard and other people who were searching for this, like what is the meaning of the world shit. Uh, he came to the idea of, well, he's one of the people who came to the idea of absurdism, which is to to take like a really broad look at it. It's to say like, we know generally that to struggle against like death and to struggle against the world as it grinds humans down, as it demands all of our labor and then things fall apart, uh, to know like on a historical spectrum as well as like a personal way that things will fall apart eventually, probably. It's absurd. But in that doing, it is the act of struggle, which, though absurd, will give us meaning. And yeah, there's a lot to be said for... Yeah, and that's certainly like a like a very w Wikipedia-ass uh, review for, yeah, of it, but... I mean but I mean, feel free to read his books if you are more interested to research it deep, super deeply. And we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on it more throughout the episode. But yeah, there definitely is something to that, that struggling, you know, ha kind of grants a sense of purpose. In, uh, but I don't know. I mean, the problem I fa face as a full nihilist is that all the nihilist, like, heroes of philosophy are people like Nietzsche who are like, yeah, no, it's it doesn't matter. So fuck everyone, get yours. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that's that's – can we be nihilist and not be shitty people? Are the two mutually exclusive at all? Can we extricate them, maybe? I don't know. As someone who thinks none of it really matters, I still see no reason to bring more suffering into this world just because I, then it's easier for me as an individual. That's silly. I'm thinking, you know, numbers game. Even though nothing matters, we may as well try to increase the experience of the collective uh, as humanity as much as possible while we deal with this struggling nothingness. Sensible Secret Service Agent.
Sir, I know I usually don't bring up my thoughts to you unless you ask for them, but if your administration wants to salvage any goodwill with the voters, you really need to start making some changes. Your popularity is dwindling below even that of your predecessor. Hey, Jack, what do you want me to do? Uh, people are going to die of COVID and starvation and police and choking hazards in their Chinese toys. It's just going to happen, man. I think we'd all be better off if we just accept it. With all due respect, sir, that's an incredibly bleak outlook. If anyone is in a position to single-handedly start changing things in this country, it's you. Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to do anything. I, I still have to worry about lifeguarding all the colored folks at the pool. How can I change things? Now, if my black friend Barack were here, he'd change things. But he hasn't been coming in lately. He keeps leaving his annoying sister around, and she's given up even more than I have. I... I'm not entirely sure where to start with all that's wrong with that sentence. You seem to think it's a decade ago and also 60 years ago? Sir, you do know that you're the president now, and the woman you work with isn't former President Obama's sister. She's your vice president. The vice president's the president's sister? Well, that seems like nepotism to me, Jack. Oh, man, there really isn't anything we can do to change this corrupt system. Might as well go back down to the drive-in and take little baby Hunter to see a talkie. You know, he could do to learn a thing or two from Bo. Oh, um, I'm sad now. Uh, come on, man, what's the point of saving the world? Mr. President, I know that losing your son was hard. I'm sorry that your dementia means that you have to relive it multiple times a week. That being said, just because you feel like you've got nothing worth saving doesn't mean you should condemn the rest of the world. You can still start issuing executive orders to restore good faith with the voters. I know our electoral system is severely broken, but with a high enough turnout, even America might start building towards a progressive agenda. Hey, I went on TV and said I didn't like that we couldn't pass things. What more do these people want from me? Sir, I mean no disrespect, but I think they want you to take the reins on the highest office in the most powerful country in the world. That's why they voted you in to start changing things for the better. Nah, I won this election because everyone hated Trunks. Now, now they hate me too, and I'm doing the exact same things because there's no point in trying to change anything. All the climate nerds tell me a planet's doomed to keep using fossil fuels, and then all my fossil fuel buddies say if I change the laws so they can't do whatever they want, they're not going to hang out with me anymore. Or keep giving Hunter a job so he can stay out of trouble like Bo. Oh, I'm sad again. Honestly, sir, this conversation has been incredibly counterproductive. I came in here with the intent to convince you that there was still hope to be had in this bleak world, and now I'm more hopeless than ever. Still, I'm going to keep trying. If I can break through that dementia-addled brain of yours for even just a few minutes, maybe I can remind you why you got into public service in the first place. Public service? Service? Oh my god, I've got to make some calls! I have to change the world! Really? Th th this is outstanding! What th what's the plan, sir? I need to get back to my roots as a senator. If we get our fine troops back out in the world, we can bring democracy to every country that gives up so we stop shooting them. Then everyone can have two amazing parties full of freedom to choose from. We might save this planet yet. Oh, man. We really are doomed. Said Simple Secret Service Agent. So you and my... My brother, my middle brother, have a similar outlook. He calls it, he's like, a, 
what's it uh basically like a do no harm nihilist kind of yeah, like I mean, you had mentioned the other day uh do yeah, no harm it's the hippocratic oath yeah it's that shit um and that makes sense i think that people i haven't done a whole lot of reading into nietzsche i haven't done a lot but i think we do put a little you know it is a bit of a i think at least popularly understood like selfish kind of ideology is nihilism um at least in the way that most people think about it. Uh, I know that some people, I know like like Trotsky, you know, person who I don't agree with his ideas, all the, a lot of it, uh, but he's mentioned that it's impossible to be like a communist if you don't see, if you think that the world is ending, if you think that it's gonna fucking like, if nothing's gonna matter, it's impossible to be a communist. I don't know how right that is. Because, of course, at the time, uh, humanity is rife with millenarian traditions. You know, people thinking that the world's going to end right then and right then, you know, where they are. Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, we probably won't live to see the end of the world. We'll see the the beginnings of the end of the world. And, uh, you know, Gen Z's kids might see the end of the world. Who knows? Depends on how much we keep fucking up. But it's not about us. Well, the, that's the thing, though. Even the even the idea that we can see the end of the world on the horizon is like similar to how the apostles, after Jesus died, you know, they saw they thought if it wasn't in their generation, it was a generation and a half, so they'd be like their kids would see the second coming of God. It's that kind of millenarian impulse to see that anything beyond you that you are close to the end since we are dealing with our own mortality and that's like such an interesting i think impulse for people to struggle against because that's i think part of what makes it absurd is that we own we we are trying to own the fact that we are mortal and will end at the same time as having no context to understand what that end is and so when we die, especially now, especially that we live in this huge, uh, hyper-individualized culture, especially now, it's when we die, that is world-ending. That is all that the world is to us, is we are subjects, one subject. And if we die, that subject, that subjectivity that understands the world ends. And that's one more problem I've had with 90% of nihilist philosophy is the idea that, oh, you know, because nothing matters, you are all that matters. And it's like, no, nothing can matter and we can still try for the best. And I I mean, here's the thing. I think I have a – I mean, I'm still – my communism may not be – I am growing more communist by the episode. I'll put it that way. But um, I am at a point where my life where I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe we'll fix it. Who knows? Maybe humanity will figure its shit out and get everything right. Maybe we'll survive as a species for millennia and who know generations and millennia to come. Who knows? But in you know, eventually, it's all coming back to that cosmic singularity. It's not like it's not like humanity thriving and succeeding would make a big difference in the infinite, infinite, infinitude of the universe. There we go. That's where that's where my nihilism comes from. Is literally it, nothing matters in a five trillion year heat death of the universe kind of way. Yeah. I have uh I I recognize that and I think you're yeah, on the cosmic scale yeah things are going to stretch out far beyond any of our comprehension to a point where nothing that we do will withstand 
a million years, let alone a trillion years, you know? I mean, most of the things that we are doing right now, I mean, except for all of the plastics that we're surrounded by will decay and go- be gone. Like all of the papers that you've written, for the most part, if, so- if eh, you know, sometimes they live if you put keep them in a really dry place. But all the stuff that we are putting into this digital universe, that's all going to, you know, eventually either become obsolete or or fail like all of this podcast will disappear before, you know, probably a hundred years it's gone or less, you know, more like 20. But who knows how long with pod, who knows how long podcasts will exist as a thing. Right. They'll keep podcasts around because it distracts us. Like I'm distracting well, I mean, all you assholes. Come I like Chapo's hey. take of like, even if we have a nuclear apocalypse, it'll be like, oh yeah, uh, you know, the, the radioactive <laughs> dogs are out uh, in, in New York again. <laughs> yeah. Everybody stay indoors uh, or get eaten by the fucking hordes of zombies. Uh, yeah. No, um, I think that there's like this the this scale issue where I think, yes, it's easy to kind of look up at the stars and think I can see that light that has traveled hundreds of or thousands of years to get to me. And we are so incredibly removed from that. Like I would die long before I ever came in anywhere near if traveling at the same speed as that light, I would die before I came anywhere near that star. The, the, the massive scale of things does make you feel small and does make these, these small things that we do seem even smaller. And I think that that's, a valid like way to look at it. I also think though that if you work back down, if we work down to where we the things that exist we know exist and the things we can affect we know can affect, like our worlds become much smaller in that sense. When we bring down that scale to and I'm not saying to an in, I mean it has to be, I guess, especially now, an individual level, but if you just bring it down to not even the country you live in, but like your relationship with one other person or your relationship with a few people or your, you know, existence inside of a group. If you can work in smaller pieces, it, it's kind of like the therapy thing that people, you know, my fucking therapist has told me. It's like deal with shit in batches, smaller and ma- more manageable, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And even then, a lot of times it's it's futile. And that I futility mean, can fucking uh, drag you down. And that's – I mean you're not wrong, but as a nihilist, I still stand by – I encourage people to do things that are you know useful. It doesn't matter if in the looking out view it doesn't have any cosmic effect or even if it doesn't have any effect on the world around you, even if you're just shouting into the void. Doing things is simply just a way to get by, even if you don't believe it's going to change anything. And there's no reason to stop doing things just because you can, because that's that's going to make both you and the people around you feel less attached to the, the life they're living. Yeah, yeah, no. There's a each and every one of us. We're we're not living in a world of simplicity, not to any extreme extent. Maybe at an extreme extent, but we all live with contradiction we live in worlds of twos and threes and multiple things fighting against each other even within our own mind and i think that what you've stated shows that even a somewhat totalizing uh philosophy such as nihilism which declares that nothing as opposed to everything matters even that has 
contradictions within it to say like but also you know there's people so like you could just hang out with those people and make their lives a little better it doesn't need to matter in a cosmic sense for it to matter in the immediate to the people around you Mm -hmm. and that's the thing about nihilism is the a, a smart nihilist knows that when you say nothing matters you mean that in an a sense of infinitude. An evil nihilist thinks like Nietzsche and says nothing matters, which means I can fuck everyone over and I don't feel bad about it because oh, it doesn't matter. And that's why I think I think that's that's the key to leftist nihilism is you have to have that sense of even if nothing matters, it doesn't mean that even if nothing matters in an infinite sense, it doesn't mean that nothing that it doesn't matter to the people who I'm interacting with right now right we still have inputs that we respond to you know pain and pleasure we still have things that i mean we we require sustenance there are meanings in small things i suppose and that's where it is that uh like that's why i think right now this there's like this maybe it's died off a little bit in the circles that i've followed but there was uh, a few weeks and months ago kind of this focus on nihilism as like a detrimental thing among especially everybody always says younger people you know people who are zoomers or millennials who are like not having kids or not having uh plans for the future because the future just doesn't seem like it will exist which yeah uh, i mean that's, that's pretty fair. justified i, mean, I, I I don't have plans for the future. I'm nope. I'm definitely uh, living the the day to day life. You know. Yeah, I'm living every day trying to not fucking go underwater, um, yeah. which I think is most people. Uh, and you know, there's also a moral judgment on people whenever they say that they've checked out from society, which is oh, silly. I mean, I, absolutely, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty terrible that it's like oh. Yeah, I'm not hurting anyone, but I just kind of want to drink my days away and forget about this terrible world. And it's like, well, you're, they're not hurting anyone, so why are we more mad at them than the people who are out there doing things that hurt people? Right, the grind like set weirdos. And that's the problem. Weird, when, nihilism, when nihilism, on the other hand, takes the, the evil kind of turn, we get things like our government where it's like we're just going to do whatever we want to hurt people to keep mm-hmm. a few rich fucks in power because, oh, well, you know, in a thousand years, no one, I mean, and that's, no, none of these politicians believe in God or Christianity in any traditional sense because if they did, they'd be too batshit terrified to do any of the things they do to all, you know, to humanity. Yeah. The negation of others as a nihilist uh, kind of ubermensch type of you know to to render others as meaningless to your happiness that kind of thing to render the co- cosmic scale e- an unincluded to render every interaction that you have with other beings as something that can only benefit you or be ta- discarded like that's that's a horrible impulse um and one that we see is encouraged by a algorithmic capital accumulation model like that's what will happen is this is not it's hard for a machine such as capitalism it's hard for a system to have a nihil or, or a philosophy but it certainly it has an ideology of domination and it uses similar tactics to a very selfish like nihilist tyrant would we now return to capital f Hey, son, I know I've given you a hard time over the years, but I want you to know that I care about you. 
I've noticed you just haven't been your fiery, passionate self lately. What's the problem, champ? Well, Dad, I guess my problem is that we only exist in a fictional television show and every aspect of our lives is totally meaningless. Okay, Robbie, I'm trying to reach out here. I know you have some twisted views, but could you be serious for a second? I am being serious. Okay, remember that thing I used to say all the time? I want you to listen really hard after I say it. All right, here goes. Dad, are you trying to have an intimate emotional moment? Gross city. (laughs) That wasn't very nice of you, Robbie. I'm trying to be a good parent right now. Are you telling me that you didn't hear the laughs and cheers? Oh, I remember cheers. Man, that was a great sitcom. (laughs) See, right there. It happened again. Look, Dad, I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way I got this horrid curse. Now I know that we're the ones in a sitcom. A sitcom in a sitcom? Uh, You know, Robbie, I think you've been watching too much of that Rick and Morty show. (laughs) That show would have an episode where they become self-aware about being in a show. Man, who writes this garbage? Okay, Okay, watch this. You know how Anna is overseas? Why, of course. She's making sure America can bring democratic peace that only unregulated capitalism can provide to all the unfortunate socialists of the world. And she's getting half off on the interest to her college loans in the process. Right. Whatever. Look, I'm going to step out of my room for a bit, but I'll be right back. Uh, Robbie, where did you go? It it looks like you just vanished. Oh, oh. My word, you're back with Anna. Oh, Anna, it's good to see you. How's Daddy's favorite little murderer? Wait, how'd you do that? I don't know what happened. I was talking to you on Skype. Then I was nowhere for a long while, and now I'm here? What did you do, weirdo? Who still uses Skype? I walked off stage. I grabbed your lifeless body, which was super weird in its own right and is giving me some serious existential questions about what we are. And then I walked back out here with you. And as soon as I put you down, you sprang into life. Oh, I I think I know what's going on here. Robbie, you've been taking drugs and you brought them into this house. And now we're all tripping from the secondhand weed smoke. Oh, what a relief. I thought I was killing tons of people overseas, but I was just high the whole time. Ah, phew. I thought we were going to have to reboot the whole show. Okay, this is perfect. Reactivate the very special episode protocol. Who the hell is that? You see him, right? He just talked about a protocol. Fuck, are we just androids designed to show up, be family sitcom characters, and get deactivated between filmings? Shit, it's even more meaningless than I thought. I'm just a malfunctioning AI. All right, that's enough of that, son. I know when the world seems bleak that drugs may seem like an easy way to escape the pain, but that pain helps give life meaning. This has been a tough time for our family, but now that we're all sobering up and we know Anna's back and little baby Theodore is here, it's really going to make our family feel complete. As soon as you're over this whole I'm-a-robot bad trip, we're all going to sit down as a family and really hash this out. I know we can make you feel a sense of purpose again. Yeah, fart face. Keep your weird drugs away from me. I think I'll probably have traumatic flashbacks about the things I saw in my head for the rest of my life. 
don't you get it, Anna? That stuff was programmed into you so you'd play a role. You never actually did any of that. You were just a tool for capitalist propaganda, just like this whole family. I, oh, oh, God, I'm I'm a foil. I'm literally designed to be the butt of a joke showing how pointless leftism is. The real world must be just as bleak as this one. Ah, shit, he's going to go rogue. Uh, ahem, excuse me, folks. I'm a rehab professional who was just walking by, and I heard your kerfuffle. <laughs> I'm just going to take Robbie here and help him sober up. Oh, well, hello there. I I don't know who you are, and it's a bit odd that you just walked into my son's bedroom through a wall, and that you know my son's name, but you seem like a trustworthy sort. If you could bring back the old Robbie, we'd really appreciate it. But we are a little tight on cash with the new baby. Ooh, ooh, great hook for the season. Uh, actually, uh, the reason I was nearby is I was walking around doing a promotion. The family of the next rehab client I picked up would get a $50 million payout. So when their son comes back, you folks will be rich. Don't you see how messed up this is? I know you guys aren't completely in control, but come on. This whole situation is batch. <laughs> Uh, the, the drugs are wearing off and he's all tuckered out. Um, you folks have a great day and I'll have your kid back to you in less than a week. Well, how about that? It just goes to show you there really is a higher purpose out there and something really is looking out for us. Yeah, I feel really like between the money and getting a whole week without Robbie, my faith in the world has totes been restored. No kidding. This is what I call an enriched outlook on life. <laughs> I mean, and that's the problem. If leftists want to win... They have, I mean, nihil, even if nihilism is the correct viewpoint, even if it all doesn't matter, if leftists want to win, their nihilism has to be just as potent as the right-wing version of nihilism, which is actively doing stuff to harm people. So leftists need to have an active, nihilistic, helping people perspective, which, I mean, may involve harming certain individuals along the way, but – that's the, that goes back to the no judgments on your soul, nothing matters thing. If If no judgments are on your soul – and you really uh, – I mean you'd be doing more help for the immediate present tense if you were part of the guillotine-wielding revolution than if you were doing absolutely nothing. But you would be more harmful to society doing absolute, doing harmful things than absolutely nothing. So it's, it's, it's better to find that sweet spot for yourself that still allows you to be a good person in your interactions. But if you have the get-up-and-go to be out there – you can still impact the world in an immediate sense, even if humanity might be doomed anyways. Yeah, I and think... And there's, no, there's no harm to that. Mm -hmm. No, well, I think there's yeah, totally do that. Things. Right, just don't do bad things. Uh, there's also, like, you know, I don't want to... Oftentimes these philosophy uh, discussions come down to, like, a moralistic uh, determination, like each individual. It, 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 that It's inherently a... A individual pursuit when we make it a moral argument. 
um, which I do think is oftentimes a very important argument. It's oftentimes a very uh, effective argument to talk to somebody who, like me, I grew up in a Catholic context. I grew up, I mean, supposedly Catholic. It's American Catholic, so it's essentially Protestantism. But uh, it, it, I grew up in a moralistic universe, a, a universe that demanded certain behaviors, not as a part of a community, although that was a big part of it for a lot of people, but as a personal guilt or personal uh, betterment, like you need to conform to certain ideologies in certain ways to be a good person in the eyes of a Catholic uh, in, you know, Eastern Missouri. But that reliance on a moralistic argument solely, I don't think will help because ultimately you know no, especially I am. because that moral argument is always going to be so skewed like going back to the how nothing mm -hmm. matters if you are born a gay person you're automatically evil sorry sucks to suck right or there there's these in and out groups that a moralistic argument can't really penetrate whereas if you take a and i think that this is the more appropriate thing to do as a marxist is if you take a materialist outlook on things if you take a an outlook that requires more, uh, I guess, not even input, just more of a, a, re a reckoning of non-subjective, non-personal uh, uh, inputs. You know, it's just need, you need to recognize groups and forces and systems, things that are beyond an individual's moral choices that push people in one way or another towards or against nihilism. Well, and that's just it to go again. I mean, as a nihilist, I still like to play devil's advocate against myself. And, you know, in that bigger picture sense of things, yeah, when you're making the decisions to do the things you do in life, they do ripple down. Like, I mean, it's, it's that whole idea of, you know, tending a field now, you're not going to see the results of that in your lifetime, maybe, but you know, your great, 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 great grandkids are sure as heck going to appreciate it. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. or if you don't have, you know, or someone else's great great grandkids, if you're not having any kids, which very smart decision in my opinion, <laughs> in this day and age, right for real. But yeah, but then on the other extreme, you know, if you look at uh, the uh, history of uh, the world uh, in a in looking back view, um, you know, with, uh, here's an empire, it's the strongest thing in the world. Oh, it crumbled. Here's the next empire, strongest thing in the world. Oh, it crumbled. Oh, look, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Oh, the Brit Britain's all. It's set, Britain yeah. is completely It's a tiny gross island that never sees the sun anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I. Yeah. If you take a historical look, it's always been in kind of arcs. It's been in ups and downs and peaks and valleys. Things that will rise and then inevitably fall. Um, and that is and America's on, right on that cusp. We're, we're right. I mean, we're already falling, but it hasn't started rapidly enough yet that we're noticing it. And this is kind of what I'm. I, I wanted to get to a little bit earlier with like our millenarian millenarian impulse is that we are uh, unfortunately, um, you know, the minutes to midnight clock is pretty fucking close. It's you know back in the day when we believed in like you know the. Uh, fifteen early fifteen hundreds when we started seeing Protestantism pop off and a bunch of millenarian out, uh, you know, people thinking the world's gonna fucking end then or e way further back, you know, with the uh generation and a half disciples or the Seventh Day Adventists, you know, all of these millenarian out uh 
all these kind of world ending, some might call them cults, but you know, movements, uh, they came at times that were certainly, uh, you know, pivotal things that were cracking around them. But now we're actually we, with our ability to, to divine what's going to happen in the future climate wise and with our ability to annihilate every living thing on Earth with nuclear fire like we are kind of we we're we're closer to the millenarian disaster than we've ever been and there are two ways i think that that can be deciphered you know the 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 cataclysm that could end the world might just be the cataclysm that ends the world as we know it that would be like the domination of the proletariat over top of the old bourgeoisie and the elimination of this world as we have created or it. Or alternately, the other version of that, which is the sad, the, the, uh, the bad end, as it were, where we are turned into mole people who only live to slave for the masters. Right. Like, and we never see the sun again. Right. Because we've demolished the world. You know, there's there honestly i don't think i don't really believe in binaries as the soul like oh absolutely yeah there, there, those, there's more there's about a trillion there's an infinite number of endings in between those two right <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that all endings have existed all possibilities exist but not and all possibilities yeah, are real that's something that people forget about infinity i like to think that there's higher life out there it seems very feasible but infinite universe does not mean all encompassing universe it's yeah. very possible we're just alone on this rock which See, is that's honestly, a different kind of nihilistic in its own right cuz that's just all kinds of depressing well here's the deal i well here's the deal jack here here's the deal uh i i think uh you know my my uh, my Look ice fat. cream my 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 ice cream brain tells me that uh we're alone in this universe i always drift into the fucking patois of barack obama uh nobody here uh that sounds is, like that is bill clinton that's a bill clinton right there <laughs> uh nobody here is uh gonna be living in 50 60 years we're all gonna be uh deep underground we're all gonna be mole people um, I mean, hey, if 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 you believe that humanity is it, then I mean, I I a- uh, think that there's no point in believing in a beyond. I I think that there are two that it's it's about as it's about. I think honestly, for me personally, because obviously everybody has different contexts that they l- believe things in, and they change between all of us. But in my context, I think that. Believing in a heaven and hell is about as important as believing in space or, or not. Well, space obviously exists, but believing in outer world type life, you know, shit that's out there that exists in a uh, kind of intelligence that can be understood is what we know. And I don't think that that's possible. I, it's probably possible. It's definitely possible. There are infinite possibilities. But I think one of those infinite possibilities is that we are entirely alone that for whatever reason this is where multicellular life this solar system figured it out one time and we in that sense are then required to take on our, the role of our own god and demand that the world be better i mean and it's possible but when you say one of those infinite possibilities it does sound pretty astronomical 
Well, yeah, so, but uh, just as astronomical I mean, as I mean, any other day, individual I, 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 possibility. I see, I see the other way around. You say there's no reason to think about the, like life beyond this. I say there's no reason not to because – I don't think you if, – if I'm – if I was hedging my bets, and I'm not going to fight – I'm not like trying to fight in favor of making this happen, but I don't think humanity is going to eke out existence in the long run. I think that we're going to bite the big one somewhere along the way. I hope that the rock that we live on thri- thrives beyond our existence. I hope mm-hmm. that you know we don't nuke it into the ground. I hope that we leave something to regrow so that the dolphins have a good fair shake You know, because I think right. they deserve it. Um Maintaining but, the atmosphere, that's really the important bit because we can take a fucking hit by a meteor and all life can end or whatever. But if we nuke our way out of an atmosphere, we're fucked. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it all comes down to escapism. I think that there's an escape in just thinking there's something more out there and it makes you know life more tolerable. But then again, escapism is dangerous in its own right, and you can see that just by looking at the top five companies in the world. If you add the top five companies – which their value added together is over ten trillion. Four of the five of them are tech companies because we all right. just want to make it go digital. No, don't look at don't don't let's not don't exist look at in anything. We don't exist here now. It's called the one metaverse. of them is an oil company. So uh, oh, you know, Saudi oil. Go figure. Cool. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, escapism is a tr- multi-trillion-dollar industry. You know, there's more money to be had in escapism than our national debt, which is a made-up number, anyways. Yeah. It's so. All fake. <laughs> Yeah, we could just pay that it's, down with fake money. It doesn't matter. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's tough to say that there's no purpose in thinking of life outside of this just because I don't think there's any purpose to thinking of life here either. You know. Yeah. No, I don't want to say that anybody should not exp- – I love – I read a shitload of – I still read a shitload of sci-fi books. I love the idea, the thought experiments of it. The thing that bothers me – about it it generally just stems from me thinking that we are minimizing the importance of life that we actually have here and like that's what i think is the impulse of people who you know worship elon musk and want to go to mars with them see i i guess i'm just that kind of guy who says like even if you are one of the most notable figures of history in five million years no one's gonna care well that's sure but again, coming back to what is scale and what are we ready to admit that we have control over? And I think yeah, that I if mean, we admit right. that, at least on like a practical scale, that life outside of humanity doesn't or life outside of Earth doesn't exist, if we practically accept that the world which we inhabit is the only world – at least for the moment, then I think it gives a grander importance. That's why I think so much of not like earlier societies were better at managing the land. I mean, some were certainly like if you look at Native American societies. Uh, yeah, well, they, they were weird and they were weirdly mostly communists. Strange yeah. how that works. Well, interestingly, I was listening to um, David Graeber, who's a uh, an anarchist, econ- uh, not economist, anthropologist. Um, I'm not an anarchist myself. But he was talking about specifically like how societies in you know Native American societies largely like say post post uh, equestrian uh, Lakota and people of the uh, Great Plains like they would transition from societies that had like police force you know deputized police forces while they were out 
in smaller bands hunting. And then when they came together for larger gatherings of disparate, you know, clan groups, then they would kind of loosen those controls because they'd be sharing in a surplus. So it's like a weird, it's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting uh, take, one that I'm not entirely, you know, I'm not sold on their, all of their conclusions, but that's like an interesting thing to think about. You know, they were partially communist at least part of the time. And when they needed to be quote unquote authoritarian, then they could be. But oh, yeah, authoritarian is definitely one thing I've changed my tune quite a bit on. Um, I think the I, word's just kind of meaningless, especially how it's used in America. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've, I had this whole uh, Reddit brand of leftism for a long time, where it's like, oh well, if we ever want to, you know, tell people they have to do anything ever, then we're being mean and we shouldn't do that. Hmm, yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, I mean, sometimes people need to do stuff so that we can keep functioning right i mean again going back to my nihilism and even as i was saying the five million year thing i'm like that's not helpful to leftism i don't know like that was a bad point to make it's just because nothing matters doesn't mean we shouldn't try to make something good happen Mm -hmm. and i think that's not going to happen by everyone just sitting back and watching tv or using their apple or microsoft devices which are the two most valuable companies back to back (laughs) no i um i think you hit on it though that the thing that's going to help people is, you know, the, the recognizing the grand scale, the grand meaninglessness of the universe and our place in it. Just so not you can a, cope. Yeah. yeah. As like a coping thing, sure, go for it. As like a thing that is a thought experiment, also, yeah, go for it. There's something too. I, I do it sometimes, especially when I'm not in the city, when I'm out in, you know, a place that I can actually see more stars. Like, I'll look up and I'll see all of this expansive universe and think how fucking massive and far away it all is and think about how small that makes everything that I do, that how small it is that I, you know, sleep in a little late or I fucking watch a show. Like, that's a minuscule amount of time. But to me and to my subjectivity, that's... That's kind a of chunk of your life you'll never Sweet, dude, it looks like we landed safely. We're in ancient Greece, during an era when it was under Spartan control. I guess we're probably around 380 BC. Right on, Bachelor Dude. Check the architecture on the horizon. All those columns are sick as fuck. I mean, for the buildings that are actually standing, man. All that destruction and misery here is kind of a bummer. No kidding, brah. Now, let's find out where the disturbance to the timeline is. The sooner we can fix it, the sooner we can stop endly, timely, wimbly stuff from destroying the fabric of reality. You know what? To hell with the Spartans. Let them tend to their own fields. I'm just gonna let myself starve. That will show them. You've got a point. I've been out here doing whatever I'm told and haven't seen anything in return for my labor. If I can't have a nice life, then the society should just crumble. You think that might have something to do with it, man? 
you know, man, I think it might. Hey, bros, what's up? Couldn't help but hear you're saying you're giving up on living. I'm all for you doing you generally, but aren't you worried about the future of humanity and all that? Oh, don't be ridiculous. Nothing I'm doing here makes any difference. Yeah, what has humanity done for us? And who in the seven hells are you? All right, my bad. You guys can call me The Bachelor, and this is my faithful roomie. Yo, what up, man? My name's Blake. This guy's roomed with all sorts of people before me, though. <laughs> anyway, brah, I know you feel like nothing you do matters. I feel that. It could be rough looking out on a broken world, thinking it's always going to be that way. Well, isn't it? The Spartan lords get to live the high life, and we're all just going to suffer for eternity. Nah, that outlook isn't completely on the level. Have you heard of this Play-Doh dude who's been making the rounds lately? Yeah, we've heard of him. It must be nice to have such an easy life that you can just walk around saying things for a living. Oh, no doubt, but, you know, some of the stuff he's saying is actually pretty sick. You know, in a few years, he's going to write this piece called Republic. It's going to totally turn society's view on stuff on its head, get people thinking of building a better future instead of just the present. Well, I have no idea how you would know that. Oh, didn't I tell you? We're time travelers, my bad man. Oh, of course you are. Look, you nutters can think whatever insane stuff you like, but could you go do it somewhere else? Nah, I don't think we can. See, we're here because something is wrong with space and or time, probably both, as they tend to be inextricably linked. Anyway, long story short, something about you guys giving up and letting these lands die is detrimental to the future. I don't buy it. It's just enough crabs to feed a few hundred people. Something like that isn't going to make any difference in the big picture. Maybe not in, like, 20 years, but think about, like, 200 years, man, when the fertility of the land is still going strong and feeding people. Not just any people, by the way, man. In less than 50 years, your fellow Greeks are going to kick the Spartans out of the land and bring their ideas of a functioning society into other lands. This dude, Alexander, he's going to whip the Spartans' asses, and then he's... Actually, maybe I probably shouldn't get into the specifics. He does some gnarly shit. Long story short, your ancestors are going to need all the food they can get. Well, even if everything you're saying is true, why should I care? It's not like I'm going to be alive to see it. I don't even care what happens. Hey now, don't be too hasty. I think it would be pretty cool for my niece to have a happy world to live in. Uh, no, sorry. Life is still going to suck for women for at least another 2,500 years or so, but... Think how much more it would suck to not have a life to start with. You know, I, I feel like we're not doing a very good job of convincing you guys. Look, I know tilling these lands is a shitty deal. No doubt about it. it. It sucks, man. But if you stick to it, it seems like you're going to be important to the growth of modern civilization. How righteous is that? You're right. You haven't been convincing. I'm still sticking to my giving up plan, and I hope both you weirdos choke. Oh, shit. Shut up. The Lord is passing by. What have we here? Who the hell are you two? Hey, Brosif, I am the Bachelor, and this is my trusty roommate, my trusted roomie, Blake. Sup? It matters not. You are not to be on these lands. I will have you beheaded. Oh, oh, one sec. I gotta snap a pic of this with my phone. What is that device? 
The sounds that it made panicked my horse. Ah! I've been thrown off and am now being trampled to death. Ah! This would be more satisfying narratively if it wasn't in an audio medium. Also, it sucks that this nonsense is my last words. The Lord, he's dead. That means these lands are ours. Well, back to making sure a vibrant field of crops grows. I'm not sure that's how you... You know what? I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Speaking of, I'm taking this horse. I think I'll name you Tinkleton. Well, it looks like the time stream is all patched up. Bitchin'. Now, back to our time-traveling crappy sedan, which is the same size on the inside as it is on the outside. Great job, Rumi. You too, Bachelor. As always, our presence was totes pivotal. And our flawless arguments were the sole reasons the time stream was fixed. For sure. All right, no idea where this thing will take us next, but I'm sure it's where we're supposed to be. Or when. Bachelor of Arts, Anyway, long story short. <laughs> long story, long story short. short. I like that. <laughs> so and that's just it. Nihilism comes down to how much can you separate your individuality from the cosmic sense of the of you know everything. Mm-hmm. Because if you can look at you look inside yourself and say, "I want to do more," just because I want to do more for myself or for the world around me, then more power to you. Any any nihilist who actually gives a shit would say yes do that even though it does even if i don't think it matters even if it doesn't matter even if it ends up all being pointless mm-hmm. go do that because why wouldn't you yeah i so um, that, that's i think that's got to be the end takeaway for a leftist nihilist is even if you even, no matter what your view is on the cosmic sense of it never shit on doing things right no people uh we must we must imagine sisyphus happy he's rolling that rock up the hill and he gets it to the top, and it just falls back down. But on his way back to the bottom of the hill to start rolling all whistle. again, he has to imagine a world where he can get that rock up the hill, and it will matter. And it doesn't even necessarily – even the rock – even the goal Yeah, even if the rock necessarily... was at the top of the hill, cool. <laughs> right. He, it, it's about – he's walking the, it's about the journey, down. not the destination. Yeah. It's about being a part of a longer, a longer struggle. It's about recognizing, and this is part of the thing that informs my idea that I think labor gives us so much more meaning and an unalienated labor. Like, obviously, Sisyphus's labor is entirely alienated, either from the product and from the, you know, he's forced to do it by the gods. But he's recognizing in his, in his trial some meaning by essentially forming consciousness as he as he takes that moment of rest to walk back down the hill. So I think that yeah, the thing that then, we can take from it is be cool, uh do the things that will help you and your people and try to if you are a nihilist, at least try to be a community-oriented nihilist. Yeah, that is part of the key of it is take time take that time to self-reflect. There's mm-hmm. no harm to be there's no harm to be found in looking inward and saying doesn't matter whether or not this has a purpose 
I'm doing it because it's it's what I want to do, what I'm choosing yes. to do for what I think is betterment of humanity. Yeah. Now the downside is if only we could get everyone's view of what's best for humanity on the same wavelength. Yeah, guys, get on my level. Come on. Could we all could we all decide <laughs> that you know not hating social groups of people for uh, identity stuff that has nothing to do with uh, political stances? That that that's just a good thing. We shouldn't hate people. Right. Just, we can hate people whose political stances are hate, like Nazis. And that's hate is not an identity. And so no. whatever is like, oh, we have to, we have to be nice to the Nazis. We have to respect their identity. No. It's nope. like no, their identity is hate. That's not an identity. That's right. being shitty. <laughs> no, you can hate people. Hate is a valid emotion. Hate is a valid emotion, especially for those who are attacking the grander community. So yes, hate is a hate is a great emotion. It is not an identity. Never sacrifice your revolutionary potential for the sake of being nice. Like be nice to people, but and don't sacrifice yeah. the potential of making the world better because you need to be nice to a Nazi. Like that's yeah, a personal the- struggle for you to deal with, not for the world. <laughs> Because otherwise you're going to end up in the same nihilistic boat as our Democratic Party who, oh, yeah. oh we can't get anything done because can't we just do have anything, to be nice man. to people. It's it's so rough. How are we supposed to get stuff done if we have to be nice to folks? God, well, so better keep being nice to all the bad people. Mm-hmm. We're anyway. fighting fascism by getting voted in to not fight fascism. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Is the, if uh, e- even if you don't think it matters, the revolution's only going to come if a bunch of people who recognize that it doesn't matter still decide to do something. Absolutely, because I think there's a lot of nihilists out there who are part of the who have to be part of the solution if we're ever going to change this world. Mm-hmm. We need people. We need everybody to. Uh, we need everybody to be on. Well, maybe not even everybody, but we need a fair chunk of folks to come in to the side, or at the very least, be. I guess nihilists are better. It would be fine with this too. Is just like allowing it to happen. Because I mean, I'm reading about the Bolsheviks, and apparently, like a big chunk of after the February Revolution, and everybody was really fucking sick of the liberals keeping the war going. Everybody was really tired of the war in general. There was like just a bunch of soldiers who were like, "Nah, man, I'm just staying neutral in this." So as long yeah, don't as be Switzer- don't be Switzerland, <laughs> Switzerland's not going to save the day. Right. And Switzerland's not helping anybody except the rich right now anyway. So don't be them. Yeah. Unless you're rich, um, I guess. Fuck. And that's and the problem. People who would be in a position for? to make the, to make the biggest differences are also the people who are most inclined to keep being evil douchebags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need to we need to as a collective. And that's the that's. That's, the, I guess, the key takeaway is nihilism is, yes, nothing you do matters, but it doesn't mean you can't still be part of the collective. Right. doesn't mean that you can't try to be part of what – try to be part of the solution rather than the problem because if enough of us try to be part of the solution, then even if nothing matters, we can still make nothing matter for our species for that many more millions of years <laughs> to come. Yeah. Don't – don't – doesn't the future have a chance – shouldn't the future have a chance to not matter too? Yeah. Great. I think that's a great note to end our little uh, tete-a-tete on. And yeah. we knew this one would be a bit of a shorter one because it was more of just a free-form discussion. But uh, yeah, I mean, look into philosophy, form your own views on how much the universe does or doesn't matter, how much humanity has a stake in it. You know. But at the end of the day, no matter what your views are, the most important thing to take away from it is go out there and try to do the right thing. Yeah, like always. I would say go ahead and look up uh, Albert Camus' Myth of Sisyphus. I would suggest probably listening to like YouTube videos about it first. And I'd because say it's a bit all, of a the, bitch to all to the nihilists out there who think Nietzsche is a cool dude, go fuck yourself. No, <laughs> Read just, Kafka. Just don't go be fuck yourself, but do try to reevaluate your perspectives. Kafka's better, guys. Just, <laughs> Kafka better. is a yeah. much better nihilist for sure. Yeah. 
but yeah, I think uh, that's going to do it for the discussion part. So I think we're ready to jump into the news blast. To the news, dude. So a little more news this week for you guys. Um, we uh, had quite a few things go on. Not well, none of which were like maybe super important, but definitely, uh, definitely noteworthy. Uh, first and foremost, we finally got to see what happens when the boys in blue actually are killed in the line of duty in a, a real. When what conservatives like to pretend is what all, is always happening to cops twenty four seven, and literally only happened to cops this one time, <laughs> but because it did happen to cops. We got in uh, over in New York. We got miles and miles of cops lining up in a big ass parade to say, "Oh, we had some. We had some of ours shot instead of them shooting the other people." Yeah, but we're not authoritarian. It's those damned Chinese. It's those Russians. <laughs> those guys. They're the ones who do military parades. Come on, not us. Yeah, we would never. We would never tout hunt that literal thousands of cops in a in a procession. Yeah, because no. two of them got shot. Not only wrong. I mean, I mean, no matter who you shoot for uh, a reason other than self defense, it's not ideal. And those people, from what I heard, were pretty murdery to the cops. That's not great. But you know what? I think the ratio is still in favor of the not cops right. who get shot. Yeah, it's like I don't know about the incident. All I know is that we saw thousands and thousands of cops. Uh, you know, apparently not doing their supposedly not doing their job or whatever and sitting out without masks or standing out in the fucking streets without masks, closing down a bunch of space in New York, uh, jumping the turnstile, uh, you know, just um, getting away with the normal shit for cops. Um, supposedly they were supposed to be off duty, I guess, but uh, and that's supposed to be, I guess, the only time where the MTA allows you to. Uh, as a so supposedly city employee, although I suppose there's a big difference from being a city employee who like cleans up the streets in New York, which need cleaning, and then uh, fucking cop. But yeah, I mean, he was doing an off-duty domestic disturbance, Mora, and I mean, yeah, it sucks that these people were unhinged, but that doesn't mean we need literal. Like over uh, like literal chunks of a mile shut down with over with several thousand cops. Well, it's because- just it's obviously another point in favor of their like kind of propaganda machine. Like oh, they yeah, were going gonna use to this, use it this way. It's just like with the anti work interview. They're going to say like this is this is the this is not the exception is the rule. Yep. 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 It's uh the 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 reality as proposed by the people who covered this uh cop procession is that they live and possibly die by the you know it's that weird um oh he was two two days away from retirement trope in uh cop shows like it never actually happens they retire after burying a bunch of horrible shit that they and their comrades in arms did to regular ass people and then they go home and beat their wives so i mean uh, I'm sure a lot of people were a lot safer with all those cops collected talking to each other and coughing on each other rather than, uh, you know, out there stopping and frisking. 
it's uh, unfortunate that, you know, gun-touting psychos uh, get to be the most important people. Um, speak, and speaking of gun-touting psychos, but not necessarily being the most important people, we also had a guy uh, go ahead and shoot up a parking lot, and uh, among the cars was uh, Representative Cory Bush's. She uh, has been doing some big speaking out a bit against, you know, uh, the way that guns are used in this country since then, and uh, no one's talking about it because, you know, it's just Cori Bush. We don't need to talk about her. Yeah. So I figured I'd just bring it up that yeah. she's been talking, you know. If you had gone on, gun, like, gun fucking, uh, like, if you were on Twitter or if you were on, uh, like, main discourse news, you wouldn't hear about it at all. But if – imagine – for a moment that this had happened to another representative, maybe one with Nancy Pelosi's following, that would be entirely different. They would, you know, there would be huge fucking congressional hearings on it almost, you would think. Yeah, literally the top news outlet that's reporting on this is Yahoo. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> cool that, um, you know, uh, formerly homeless, houseless uh, black woman who's in Congress from a Midwest city um, doesn't get any coverage by the main or at least very little because I I mean I haven't seen any of it but I suppose Yahoo's Yahoo's doing the Lord's work and uh, telling us about this woman being targeted by who I can only assume are right-wing fanatics the same kind of people that we spent the last year you know crapping our pants about in concerns with the January 6th stuff. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, white terrorism is the most common terrorism in America mm -hmm. by a country mile. But yeah. we don't talk about that nearly as much as the rare exceptions where someone of color does the terrorism. Right. No, the, uh, we're going to focus more on entrapping people with developmental disorders into, uh, you know, agreeing with a, an authority figure that, yeah, I'll, I'll take this package into this building. What do you need? Yeah, or we'll just do you know, someone who's, uh, someone FBI who's, entrapment shit. Yeah, some or some CIA handler shit. You know, mm -hmm. that's always a common one. Always good. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that we uh, have no idea how to actually handle violence in this country. We just assume, you know, just uh, shout at the shout at the wind about it, and then when it actually, you know, happens in a capacity that could actually, you know, threaten innocent people, we're just like, oh, well, that's. I mean. Yeah, it just happens. That's guns for yeah. you. What can you do? I'm thinking about this like I know somebody uh, – if you're on Twitter, you might have seen there was like a video of some guy driving like a complete asshole, uh, a Honda Accord trying to weave around these guys tailgating a truck. And the truck like brake checked him, which is you know kind of whatever shitty behavior. But like honestly, uh, the guy went around on the shoulder and tried to speed around a dude in the right lane and then cut back in front of the truck. But then the truck did the normal thing that everybody in this country does when somebody's trying to get into their lane is speed up to close them off. So he flew off the road and crashed pretty horribly. Um, and it's like everybody just accepts in the same way that they accept dying in your car as being a very high likelihood. Uh, they accept that guns are this way your child has just there's just a there's just a factor that you can't really account for except you must accept that your child might get shot by going for going to school that you might be in a parking lot and a guy will unload 
Like that's yeah, just something that's... we have to accept about being Americans, just like we have to accept that COVID's never going away and that we're going to allow 4,000 people to die every day. Like that's just what we're going to accept. Yeah, that's not a discourse we need to worry about having because it's more important to have – this, this discourse is a far more important one. Oh my god, Joe Rogan hmm. is breaking Spotify's terms of service by talking about being anti-vax because yeah. Spotify says it's not going to spread disinformation. We need to cancel him forever. That's been in literally hundreds of stories still going on. There are ones – I just checked and Google today, and there are ones from less than an hour ago still about this Joe Rogan and Spotify bullshit. Just like who – That's that's what we've got to talk about. It's it's that kind of stuff that it's like it's making people – firstly, it, it calcifies the, the differences. Nobody that – nobody who gives a shit about the stuff that Spotify is worried about with su- – supposedly worried about uh, – Nobody who gives a shit was ever a Joe Rogan listener in the first place, right? Like very few people at least. Like other, you know, tangential people might be affected, I guess, because Neil Young's pulling his shit off there. And then I guess like old boomers who really like – what's her name? Joni – Joni, fuck, how am I losing my brain here? I've been like Lucy. I remember seeing you. Yeah, I know a bunch of people. I'll remember it at some point and it'll – intrude in my in my dreams and i'll be very upset with myself but in any case like all these you know there are a couple of artists that have pulled their uh songs off of spotify which is like i mean i guess you're that's your right to do but yeah, like like you're, you're you're changing the world rogan's not winning at all by you guys pulling your shit off <laughs> yeah and it's like a part of me it's like there's you know I think it's often a cop-out whenever people are like, there's no ethical consumption in capitalism, which, of course, there isn't. It's entirely based on exploitation. But to to think that, like, you know, I pulled off of Spotify because they were – and because they're shit – I mean, they're shit to their uh, yeah, regular artists. Get, like, artists yeah, the artists yeah. get, like, nothing out of their share of money. This I mean, asshole Joe that's... Rogan gets a 100 mil uh, signing bonus to go um, – exclusive with them and cutting his audience very very far down but i mean 100 mil i ain't sniffing at that if i get it i'll cut my audience at half 100 million yeah Yeah. if all i do is make four hour episodes of me smoking weed with the least interesting pieces of shit in the world yeah i'll get 100 million for that seems like it seems like like i said it seems like at the end of the day roken is still very much winning in this whole debacle and we're acting like oh we need to own him harder by uh yeah, and if, I mean, sure, cancel your Spotify subscription. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that like you're doing a bad thing, but you're not winning. You're not going to. You're not going to like sit, make any practical difference. Um, and they're no. not going to see some uptick in cancellations over the couple of artists who dropped. I'm sure, unless there's someone like, oh, I was only using Spotify for Neil Young. Literally, the only thing I was doing. Yeah, no, it's going to be pretty minor. I think mostly like. Like yeah, you're fucked. Not according it's, to our news outlets. Yeah. It, it's gonna. It's doing the rounds again same as it did the rounds when bernie went on joe rogan uh it's not like we're always like oh is he so problematic and the the fact of the matter is is that it's only a concern to a very small portion of americans who are so fucking neurotic that this just bleeds into their brain and they just strap themselves to twitter or to cnn or wherever they're getting their fucking news and just like eating this up because they need to feel powerful or feel uh, I don't know. They need like they're winning the culture and war. Trump isn't in the news every day anymore. So yeah, they need so they somebody be, who can fill they that void. Got to be able to scream at the, into, at the void at something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, speaking of something that has Kyle and I screaming into the void and isn't on the news, uh, Jeffrey Bezos decided he needed to build another me- – some kind of mega yacht, like a bigger – not just a regular yacht, super mega yacht. And he had it built in this uh, in this canal way and uh, – and, uh, what country is the Rotterdam? Uh, Netherlands. Show? So, Netherlands. like the, the Netherlands, Netherlands, of course, have like they're like if you look at them on, on a map, they're basically like this big old, almost like an inland archipelago type deal. And so they have a lot of streams and rivers that deep in, go deep into the country. And so he the guy that plays, out, he had it. Oh, sorry. No, I was go for it. Oh. Anyway, the place he had it built was one of those kind of little canalways, and a historic bridge is uh, at the end of that canal. We called the Rotterdam Bridge, which has uh, been up for you know years and years and years. And uh, he realized, oh shit, I built this thing too big. Um, guys, could you like take part part of that bridge for me and put it back together afterwards? I need to get this thing out of the out of the you know out of the parking space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, this is five uh, so years they're going after. To do that for him. Yeah, this is five years after the historical society in Rotterdam were promised that they weren't going to take apart the bridge after the uh, it was finally restored. Uh, so cool. Uh, it, it's yeah, great I mean, that this guy had are... to get a giant fucking yacht, which is insane that we build those still. Like, how many yachts are in a, are in circulation? Like, that's insane. And not just, just a different it yacht. Is, it is one of the biggest yachts in history. So that's how it's important. But we're, you know, it, and it is important what's going on. But you won't see a single mainstream media outlet bothering to pick up this story because it's not, it's not it's American not news. It's just something happening yeah. over in the Netherlands. Yeah, just Jeffrey Bezos doing his thing, and it's not even a dick rocket. So why are we even worrying yeah, about who it, guys? Cares if it doesn't look phallic and go into space, I it, admittedly though, I'd be okay if that, um, if that bridge was taken apart but taken apart as it like collapsed on top of that yacht and maybe i don't know some <laughs> people him to de- uh, some yeah. nameless people were inside me so yeah he was having a big billionaire party and uh something <laughs> and some terrible things happened in minecraft yeah you know all that seriously though it's it's funny that a promise to uh, a promise to the people of a given culture or society can be completely upended the moment a billionaire says um actually no <laughs> nope. no I need, I need that Yep the 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 thing that always happens. Anything that is sacred uh, crumbles in the face of capital. Yeah, and I mean, we all know whose fault that is, Kyle. Me, right? It's Russia. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Russia. I forgot. I I needed to haven't been blaming Russia enough recently. You know yeah. what? I actually did stub my toe and shouted "fuck you, Putin, motherfucker!" <laughs> reaching down he- here, stamping on my feet. I mean, I know my cat's been in a real lather lately, and I'm sure they're just upset about Putin. Like, <laughs> it's been jumping all over the house, acting psycho. Don't you really God miss the uh, the democratically elected Yeltsin? That would have been great to keep him around. Ah, uh, yes. Clearly, clearly, he understood how to uh, handle his people, mm-hmm. and uh, clearly, clearly, we didn't need to do anything to stop him. But now that Putin is uh, doing all of his evil, we might need to intervene because uh, they're, they're definitely. Definitely planning secret ops to make sure that Ukraine uh, c- provokes them using top secret psychoanalytic technology and Russian evilness and secrets. And you know who told me all this, Kyle? Oh, who told it to you? This guy named Ned Price, and he seems like a pretty wise dude. He's on he was on uh, Biden's cabinet. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, he's in a he's what the the State Department, uh, I guess, press leader or whatever you would call them. 
Yeah, he's a, and I think, I, I can't recall, but I'm fairly certain he was in the CIA, but he quit because he had too much, too many problems with Trump. So, uh, good, uh, well, I mean, definitely he's one of the good ones. We know he's then. one of the good ones because mm-hmm. he doesn't like Trump. If you don't like Trump, it means you win. Admittedly, though, obviously, uh, if anybody hasn't heard, there was a press conference with Ned Price, the fucking ghoul that he is. Um, there's been a lot of Ned Price conferences that are willing, worth watching because uh, one of the reporters, Matt Lee, um, generally does end up roasting him because Ned Price is a complete fucking buffoon he's a worm he's a fucking worm and lies constantly or yeah buffoon is a good word too because he essentially gums up there he goes and says all right so uh they're making a false flag the russians are going to prepare a false flag to justify invading the ukraine invading ukraine i'm always going to uh, say excuse me mr the price uh, Jesus. how do you know that uh, do, what uh, proof do we have well, if you uh, just heard me, I said that I uh, just mentioned the proof. If you would prefer to listen to the Russians, then I guess that's you. But me, as the mouthpiece of the United States government, as well as the people in Britain and France and all of our allies, agree that, yeah, there's a fucking false flag out there, man. And you just, uh, I guess you just prefer Russia. So you said actions such as these suggest otherwise, suggest meaning they, they suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of a... What action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, campaigns. You've know, you made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning well, activity. But, activity. But let me let me because because obviously this is not this is not the first time we've made uh, these reports public. You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry, you, made, made, made what report public? If you let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we made okay. public. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. And I'm going to get to the next question here, which is, what is the evidence that they play? I mean, this is like crisis actors, really. This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into now. Um, what evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? I just delivered it. No, you made a series of allegations and statements. Would you, would you like us to print out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for that, yourself. That's not evidence, Ned. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. <laughs> what would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you, that, 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 that you can show that... that Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that that, that you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for a while. I long know that time. was my point. As, you you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. You know I that have. when we declassify intelligence That's information, right. and I we do so in, in a means in we do and so I, and, we do so with an eye to protecting that, that sources and methods. Is not going to fall. 
I, I remember a lot of things. So where, where, where is the declassified information other than you coming out here and saying, Matt, I'm sorry you don't like the format, uh, but we have it's declassified. It's not the format; it's the content. I'm it, sorry you don't like the content. I'm sorry you. I'm sorry like you are doubting this. the information that is in the possession of the U.S. government. No, I, I, what I'm telling you is that this is information that's available to us. We are making it available to you uh, in order uh, for a couple reasons. One is to attempt to deter the Russians from going ahead with this activity. Two, in the event we're not able to do that, in the event the Russians do go ahead with this, to make it clear as day, to lay bare the fact that this has always been an attempt on the part of the Russian Federation to fabricate a pretext. Yeah, but you don't have any, any evidence to back it up other than what you're saying. It's like you're saying, we think we, we, we have information the Russians may do this. But you won't tell us what the information well, is. That, and then when, when, that, when you're that, asked... That, that is the idea behind when, deterrence, Matt. When, that is the idea behind asked, deterrence. And when it is asked, our hope that the Russians don't go forward with this. when you're asked what the information is, you say, I just gave it to you. But that, that's not what... You, you seem not to not understand, you seem not to no, understand no, no, the idea of deterrence. <laughs> we are trying to deter the Russians from moving forward with this type of activity. That is why we're making it public today. If the Russians don't go forward with this, that is not... Uh, ipso facto, an indication that they never had plans to do so. Uh, but then it's unprovable. <laughs> My God, what is the evidence that you have that suggests that, that, that the Russians are even planning this? Matt, you, I mean, I'm not you, saying that they're not, but you just come out and say this and expect us to, 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 to believe it without you showing a shred of evidence that it's actually true. Other than when I ask, or when anyone else asks, what's the information? You said, well, I just gave it to you, which was just you making a statement. Matt, you said yourself, you've been in this business for quite a long time. You know that when we make information, uh, intelligence information public, we do so uh, in, a, in a way that protects sensitive sources and methods. You also know that we do so, we declassify information only when we're confident in that information. Wait, if you doubt, if you doubt the, the credibility of the U.S. government, of the British government, uh, of other governments, and want to uh, you know, find uh, solace and in information that uh, the solace? Russians are putting out. Uh, that is uh, <laughs> that is for to, you to do. I'm not asking what, what the Russian government is putting out. And, and what, John, do you, what is it supposed to be? Officials are describing uh, very specific scenes, but do they actually have a video? The the fact that we are able to go into such great detail. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to spell out what is in our possession, but I will leave. Uh, I will leave it to you. Uh, I will leave that to your uh, to your judgment. There, to your there are no facts yeah, that you've spelled out. Coming days. Do you have evidence this was intended to come out in the coming days? We've we've said been for some time now that the Russians uh, have positioned forces. Uh, they have undertaken preparations. That if Putin decides to move forward with an invasion, uh, they're positioned to do so. You they are poised to do so in the coming days. I mean, is that a timeline that? You uh, yeah, I mean, uh, asking for asking for any kind of any modicum of uh, evidence or any shred of proof. That's uh, you're right. I was being propagandized by the evil Russians by asking that question. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad, glad that you recanted. I might. I, I almost basically said communist China was good. Uh, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's like another tangential thing that came right around the same time that Ned Price's stupid interview happened. Is Josh Hallway. Uh, was like maybe we should like not keep pushing for the U for Ukraine to join NATO because like firstly in eighty nine or ninety when uh, they promised I believe it was Gorbachev or it might have been Yeltsin by then I guess he wouldn't have technically been in the 
the Russian Federation might not have been formed just yet, but um, they promised them that NATO would not expand past those lines. And of course, since like since then, we've gotten closer and closer to Russia. So trying to get a, a bordering state to join NATO is a little big. I mean, we're, we've always lied to all of us, including our ally, in allies. So it's not like any surprise that we would lie to the Russians about expanding NATO. But Josh Hallway is like, hey, maybe we should not do that because we should focus on killing the damn, you know, he's doing full yellow peril shit, like totally uh, saying that we need to shift all of our focus to containing China because they're the real menace. Yeah, don't worry about this Russia shit. We got we got bigger uh, world wars to start. Right, we have two choices. It's lob nukes at each other for a fucking cow patty pasture in Ukraine or a pipeline that you can cut through it, or uh, you know, start some sort of proxy war in the South China Sea. Like there, there are the two options in this democratic nation. Yeah, clearly we have our priorities straight because, I mean, well, I mean, it's important. The United States it has an obligation, a moral duty to stand up for all the Nazis in the, mm-hmm. uh, at that Ukraine border. Yeah, we, we have a uh, moral obligation to cover our eastern flank, which also includes supporting to the hilt the Azov Battalion. Yeah, and it's uh, not problematic at all because um, – Biden's staff told me so. Yeah. Biden's staff told me that the only good thing to do, the only just thing to do, would be to start this war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, the if you really feel like you want to be a patriot, and better than that, actually, you want to be a global citizen. It's really important to uh, be ready to start a nuclear exchange over Ukraine. Yes, because that is healthy. Not bloodthirsty, war hawkish behavior. Nope, 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 nope. Not the guy that uh, got a, was chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee during the buildup to Iraq. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <sighs> no, Biden, to me Biden about this. has proven that he is the most progressive president ever, and he would never want war. No, except for all the stuff he's done to signify that he probably wants war. Right. Plus, he's still like they. What a couple of months ago, everybody was very excited about the fact that the records. The records keeping had changed under the Trump administration, so we weren't hearing about as many drone strikes. But we just heard about a horrible drone strike that supposedly killed an IS uh, leader, which is up for debate because they don't provide any evidence. That was another thing that Ned Price was grilled on or Jen Psaki was grilled on as well. Um, It's like they're putting up like, yeah, we definitely got another al-Baghdadi just like Trump did. We're better than him, right? Remember that? Remember we won this? We done that? We done that? Uh, in in the meantime, we also killed like thirteen civilians, including yeah, six well, children. I mean, so cool, cool, successful strike. Well, Biden, you know, has made a habit of saying all this stuff that I didn't like about Trump is stuff that I'm going to keep doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was mm-hmm. another story I just saw a bit ago about uh, Biden backing up another Trump policy that he slammed during election season. Oh yeah, I no, I think you're else. remembering the. Um, He's basically saying, yeah, we're going to keep deporting people because Ah, uh, COVID. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I have absolutely failed miserably to do anything to help anybody with COVID. So that means that I can continue my reign of deportation, which is at a rate higher than Trump's. Right now he has 1.8 million people that he's deported. 
That's an insane fucking number in one year. That is an insane fucking number. And many of those people are Haitians. Many of those people are struggling with COVID in their own nations, but also places like Haiti, which have been destabilized by us very recently. I mean, there's a goddamn like low-level civil war going on there because following the assassination of their president back in, what, July last year? Yeah, I uh, I, I uh, couldn't tell you, but it's definitely, right. definitely, it's, uh, clearly uh, better over to just send shipping back over there than to you know uh, do do what America promised to do by its inception, which was be a melting pot and open to all people. Yeah, no, I mean this is the uh, I mean, those were bald faced lies when the founding fathers <laughs> said them too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, they were lying even about letting over the fucking like Italians. They didn't like that, like. This is just uh, kind of a – this is a an aperitif about the main course of uh, climate deportation and policy that will block people from getting into the safer spots in the northern hemisphere. Like nothing's going to be super safe. I mean we can tell yeah, right away. if we start a nuclear war. Yeah, nothing, the nukes are going to fucking kill us all. But like – and everybody uh, – they keep pointing at that minutes to midnight clock. I think everybody's just kind of tuned it out. But we're all – it might happen. I'm. I don't know anymore. I'm just. My and, uh, Biden is trying to. I mean, Biden's been doing a lot of just general terrible stuff. So his uh, new. He's trying to block this guy who has a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Who a judge says, you know, your debt's clear. And then Biden's trying to undo that mm-hmm. on the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of his yesterday. big legislative wins when he was still a senator. Is making sure that I and everyone like me who has student loan debt, you as well, cannot discharge we it in bankruptcy. To. We have to pay every last dime of it. Heaven forbid, the uh, heaven forbid the government not get its money for teaching you its uh, information. That, cause that information should not be free. Don't be no. silly. Why would we want people to be educated and informed? No, no, it's insane. Uh, like I saw a woman post something that was like, I never understood like when people would mention in American TV shows that I was the first generation to go to college. And then she was from one of the socialist republics in the USSR. She was from, I think, like the Kazakh, Kazakhstan or uh, Outer Mongolia SR. And she was like, oh, that's right, because everybody in my family had free higher education since like 1930. Awesome. I mean, it's I don't know. It's just one more point of proof that biden is not only going to step back all the promises he made but actively do the opposite of those things if they were good policies that helped people yeah nope. and i mean in that same vein he also just yesterday doubled down on saying we need to uh increase its uh, fed spending on our law enforcement not defund them mm-hmm. yep because heaven uh, forbid we i mean to go to full circle back to police heaven forbid we not make sure that our military at home is the most is the third most powerful military in the entire world mm-hmm. because we're not an authoritarian state. That's China. Nope, we're not authoritarian. We're going to cure cancer. We can't be authoritarian. Yeah. I mean, it's just the same kind of shit as, you know, when you see that, a beautiful new school in North Korea and everyone's like, well, uh, <gasps> America, that's a, that's, commu- that's a propaganda. And uh, America is better because our schools look like garbage. Right. I mean, not as though the the, the difference being that 
and it's barely a difference because they get a shitload of public money, but like a charter school putting up their pictures of one of the pretty rooms while everything underneath it is like decaying. Like, yeah, it's not exactly asbestos filled as as it was before, but it's like that flat pack building like type shit that I look around <laughs> everywhere. Plus, it's, a lot I mean, of times the charter schools are existing specifically as real estate speculation. They live for five years, kick all those kids out, leaving them in the dust, and then uh, sell out the land from underneath them, you know, private equity style. It's just the – I mean, it's just the, the rule is if you live here, then uh, anything you see that's pro-America you. is hard fact. And anything you see that's pro any country that's left of America is propaganda, yep. communist propaganda. It's all propaganda and, if it's one of our enemies. we don't have any enemies. propaganda about America. It's because America is just truly amazing all the time, and propaganda doesn't exist here. It literally can't. So um, in closing, I guess, the theme of this week's news is uh, the rules don't apply if you're rich or powerful, but otherwise um, – you know, or if you're uh, supporting the authoritarian state, you know, then we'll remember you fi- fondly for being part of that – Key, that key demographic of you know support towards our authoritarian state, but if you want to step out of line, too bad. We will bury you with our bullshit legal system and blame Russia. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know that the theme this episode is nihilism and whether it has merits or how we can combat it within ourselves. Um, and it's tough, especially when you look at the news like this. I think that it's really one of those times where. Uh, we really could use a, a, a happy news story this week. Yeah, awesome. I really, really would have liked one. But um, I, I suppose that we could say that Starbucks Union is like pretty much exploding right now, and that is yeah, a good that's, thing. That, that's you know a good, maybe good future news to look yeah. forward to. Look forward to maybe that. That's a good thing. And really, the the only thing that you can do because these giant things, just like I mentioned earlier in the episode, where it's like a matter of scale, like accepting what you can and cannot affect like all of this while it's terrible and existentially important like we can't necessarily affect it and i'm not saying that we shouldn't be terrified or angry those are all justifiable feelings but i think there's so much more that we can do to make it better for the people we immediately have contact with yeah and that's i mean really that's where any true revolution is going to start is from uh the ground up it's going to have to be even more grassroots than the bernie campaign tried to be it's really going to need to and of course hopefully you know run its uh marketing better as it were but but you know the most important thing you can do to really help this revolution get off the ground is go out there and make sure you make the effort even in these trying times to spread as much love and solidarity as you can love and solidarity y'all i'm sorry you i'm sorry you are doubting the information that is in the possession of the u.s government it can be told in few enough words we are not certain of his intentions even yet They talk, so I am told. Italian flags all up there. People are just like carrying a bunch of giant tubs of tomato sauce. Pepperonis on their pins like poppies.